episode of Creating Powerful Impact. I'm your host, Shay Week, founder of Grace and Ease Productions. And today's guest is pretty awesome. Like this guest is known as a serial entrepreneur. He's gone from bust to eight-figure business and then repeated. So I know there's some juicy details that we're going to dive into in that regard. And he's gone through, you know, all the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, has created several businesses. Some were sold to other entrepreneurs, some were just closed. And now he's really currently helping clients with wealth building strategies in the form of real estate investing. So I'm excited to help you and me welcome to the stage, John Papaloni. Welcome, welcome, John. How's it going? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited too, because there's not I don't know, there might be more, but people willing to say they've gone from bust to eight figures and then like rinse and repeated that whole structure. (laughs) So I'm excited for you to share with us, you know, what your journey has been like um, being an entrepreneur and taking all of the, the hits that come with it and the sales and marketing that comes behind it and really kind of pulling back the curtain, so to speak, because here in my world, you know, running and producing events, we see a lot of behind the scenes. And so that's really what I want to see with this podcast is let's look behind the curtain. How does somebody go from busting to eight figures? And then how do they even like create an eight figure and let alone sell it to somebody else? So where do you want to start? Do you want to share a little bit about your story? And then we can dive into how you've made that transition. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, the way things happen is kind of unique out there, right? Because you never get into business saying, I want to make eight figures. I mean, maybe kids today do, but uh, usually you have a different vision and uh, things kind of come about uh, differently. Like I got into the business, I just discovered, like prime example, my first business was a DJ business and I just wanted to be on radio. I wanted to play music and my only incentive to get a job was that uh, I had to earn money to buy records. Now, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I grew up spoiled. I didn't think I did. Like, trust me, if you asked me when I grew up, I thought I was in the hood. I mean, I was far from it, right? But uh, I, I didn't know any better. And, uh, you know what I mean? I, like, you know, woe was me. And <laughs> I learned that, you know, much later, and the, which was where we're going to head to. So anyway, so then when I decided I wanted to be a DJ and I wanted to get onto, onto the radio, I went to my dad as usual. Dad, I need money. Why do you need money? Oh, do you have a school thing? No, I want to play be a DJ. And you know, you got the 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 old school spot. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and you know, you can do whatever you want when you have your own money. Oh, okay. Well, I went and got a job. I don't think he was expecting that part. And um, so I got a job, my first job, which most people would be McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. So I earned as much money, got all the records. I paid for all my stuff. And that's where my entrepreneurial journey started because I got fired from that job. You got fired from McDonald's. I got fired from McDonald's. No kidding. And um, for the silliest thing, and it was all my fault. Well, clearly it was obviously my fault. <laughs> um, but uh, I was good at sports back then too. Like I had a 92 mile an hour pitch in baseball. As an example, I'm 15 years old. And, uh, again, so I was on the baseball team and I wanted to play. Now we had our tournament and we were, uh, leading. So I wanted to play, but they scheduled me to work. So the, you know, I was one of the other managers that scheduled me. The GM was the, uh, the, uh, head coach of this. Right. And I said, Hey, you know, I got scheduled. 
It's like, I can't do anything about it. I can't prioritize mm -hmm. the baseball game mm -hmm. over the company. Mm -hmm. so he goes, if you can find someone to fill in, great. You can be part of the team. If you can't, then I'll have to just uh, sub someone in. He goes, you can tell me on the day if you found it. I, you know, no rush. I didn't find anybody, but I, I was determined to play. So I showed up. He's like, oh, you found someone? I go, oh, yeah, I didn't. Oh. And uh, I just didn't show up to work. Now I got to play the game like I wanted to. Clearly, that's why I got fired. Yep, makes sense. Right? So from there on, I uh, realized that uh, my priorities weren't the same as everybody else's. My thought process wasn't the same as everybody else. So I got into my DJ business, Hunky Dory. Then I had to do, uh, I finished school, um, barely, but I did. Um, I didn't go to college right away. I went to uh, I, I went to work. I, I had a job, and then I DJed at night. So what ended up happening is uh, one day a friend I met somebody who um, I became friends with and good friends. Still to this day, I had my new computer at the uh, at the pro shop. I worked at Bally Fitness, and I worked in the pro shop at the time. And I had my new computer because I didn't want to leave it in the car because it gets stolen, right? Like things get stolen in the parking lot. And he looked at the computer. He asked me if I had a program called Freehand. I said, yeah. I, I surprisingly did. He uh, said, load it up. I loaded it up. He showed me showed me some graphic stuff. I was amazed, right? I just right away, that's what I said. Now I know what I want to go to college for. I'm going to learn graphic design. Mm -hmm. so I got into graphics. I wanted to, uh, I, I did very well at it. No problem. I, and, you know, did I get a job? No. That's when I started my, my first company. This is what led to the eight figure. It was a, I wanted to be a graphics company. I ended up being a printing company. Oh. Don't know how that happened, but it worked out that way. Now, Bali actually became my first client. Really? And yeah, I was so happy now again i knew everybody there because i worked in the pro shop and i even did a stint where i did uh, where i did um you know i, I got into sales at their in their organization so everyone kind of knew me and so, so like that's kind of the first key piece it's all based on relationships yeah and that's where i was going to go that was that was a key fundamental thing your relationships are what leads you to the, your opportunities so what ended up happening, though, uh, at one point in time in Canada, uh, Bally's had bought out uh, what was called the sports clubs. Now, at that point in time, my full time was my print business. I did the business cards. I did flyers, postcards. I did uh, all kinds of stuff for them. Like, I mean, if if it was done on the Canadian side, I did it. Um, and then what ended up happening is they bought sports clubs. But part of that acquisition, they had split the American side with the Canadian side. Now, the American side always had the last say, but the guy who owned the sports club became CEO of the Canadian side. Oh. Guess what his sister did? Uh, printing. What I did. She did graphic. <laughs> she got, went beyond there, right? But he yeah. still let me keep the portion that I had, right? Okay. Like he just all the new stuff that wasn't the regular stuff. That was it. I, I, I'm grateful for that, right? But I got a lesson here. And this was the lesson that led me to bankruptcy. Now, keep in mind, I'm, uh, you know, I'm probably 18, 19 years old at this time, 20, somewhere around there. Don't remember the exact age. And I've got an eagle that's probably bigger than California. So it was, uh, I thought they were replaceable. And uh, I got, I got stuck my heels in. Like what happened is a friend of mine was uh, the area manager and he kept losing my invoice. Now we're talking about a $200 invoice and I made a friggin' stink over this. 
I was getting paid for everything else, but he kept losing that one invoice. Never occurred to me to reach out to the guy in Canada. I went straight to the States. Oh. That guy did not look good. He looked like he couldn't handle something, you know, his, what was going on. I, it was bad. I guess I, nobody expected me to have the direct link, but remember I was getting paid from them first. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made a mistake. That was the beginning of the end of that relationship. Mm. So the right? relationships got you the gig and the relationships burned got you out of the gig. Right. So the, so the key lesson here is realize that you got a gift when you get something. It's learn through gratitude instead of ego. It was the ego that really brought me to my demise on that. But again, my ego fueled me. I decided I didn't need them, screw them. And I would just take a vacation for six months and then I would replace them like that. Uh-huh. Needless to say, the bills kept coming. I kept spending as if that income was there. Uh-huh. Next thing you know, I'm like $120,000 in debt. Mm-hmm. That led me to bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And then I got a dose of reality. Now, how I got back into the game was interesting. Because then at that point in time, once I'm in bankruptcy, I went to work at the nightclubs. Like my friend, I had a friend of mine who worked in the nightclubs or owned the nightclub. He didn't work at it. He owned the nightclub. And uh, well, I'd say a friend, we're friends now, but I met him through that. Um, and what ended up happening is he gave me a job, which again, I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. So... I was working there, you know, and it was like two days a week, maybe three days a week. And I, you know, and I paid a decent salary enough to get me back on my feet, but, uh, I had the itch still. And that's when I learned to be creative. I restarted. I don't know why, but I restarted in the print business, but I wanted to do more than just printing. I wanted to become like a big agency or big, you know what I mean? Like this big conglomerate. I had mm-hmm. this idea about being this media empire and I thought, how am I going to do that? I got to be different. I can't just open up and do business cards and postcards and, and magazines because that's what everybody does. Right. So that's when I discovered wholesaling. I realized a lot of big companies want those two, you know, they want the uh, Walmart magazines or booklets that they print where they print 20 million at a time. Everybody wants the uh, author's published books where they have, uh, you know, $400,000 copy uh you know, like, like to distribute and everybody wants those because they're big money, easy money, quick money. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants is the small stuff. That's like 50 to hundred bucks. Because let's be honest, it takes a thousand dollars to turn on a press mm-hmm. and, or $700 or whatever, but to turn it on just to spend 50 bu- or collect 50 bucks. But what do you do? You're going to tell Walmart, I'm not printing your business cards because uh, there's no money in it. Mm-hmm. Right. But you print everything else. Chances are they find someone else. They're going to find someone else for everything. Right. So I found a pain point. Now, their uh, their pre-press department or graphics department is going to be busy processing those big jobs. So you see where I am, you know, my clientele were graphic designers, my clientele were printers, my and my and anybody who did whole who needed a wholesaler, uh, basically. So what I did is I found a uh, print supplier that wanted the big sheets, I became that big sheet. And I, what I did is called a consolidated gang run, where I would do, for example, I'm going to use business cards because it's easy description. You can fit 60 business cards on the printing press, mm-hmm. right, on, on one sheet. On that 60 cards, now that's one big sheet that they can run. So that 60 cards, if the cost just say was $10 a card to run that sheet, 60 times 10, that's 600 bucks. It was actually $15, but that's not the point. Um, so it, uh, 
I paid $900. I sold her for 55 times six, that's 3000. Now you have some added bonus to get paid the uh, graphics, but you got to pay whatever. Say all in all, my cost was uh, $1,600. So there's a $1,400 profit in that uh, $3,000 collection. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So it's so the process, if we go, you know, 30,000 foot view to it is you found a pain point. Yes. And then figured out how to make it a win for right. the audience that has that pain point. Correct. The hard part. made a good profit off of it. Yeah. The hard part was finding all the clients. Cause remember if you have to have deadlines, right. And I had to print every single Friday. So it was one of those things. If I have 30 cards, I got to print. If I have 10 cards, I got to print, which means the probability of me losing was high. Now I decided to take another chance because I thought I was a genius. And I went to all the magazines and I advertised in all the publications. Now they didn't know I went bankrupt. They didn't know I had bad credit. They didn't bother looking. So they all gave me 30 day terms. Mm. I thought I had it made. Can't be beat. Mm-hmm. First 60 days, not one call. Not yet. Like I was lucky that I didn't get a call because how would I print one business card when my cost is, you know, like, so I was lucky that nobody called. So now I'm about 60 grand in debt again. So I just got out of bankruptcy and I'm almost in bankruptcy again. Right. Right. And I'm like, now what have I done? Right. But at 60K, it's manageable. I thought, okay, maybe I'll just get a job. I'll call it and I'll try to explain to these guys and offer them a payment plan. I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was trying to figure this out. Would you believe that persistence paid off just as I was ready to say the heck with this? The phone rang, got an order, phone rang, got 10 orders, got on the phone rang, just kept going. Next thing you know, filled a sheet, filled two sheets, filled three sheets, filled four sheets, sent out all the print, got it paid. Then I realized I don't have enough cash to front all this. Got an investor. I was paying 20% interest. So for every 10 grand they they invested in my company, they got 20 grand, 20% interest per year. Oh, yeah. So that's how I started funding. And eventually I just kept going bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Now, for the magazines, when they when I first got the call, which was about 72 days in to say, hey, um, we haven't gotten a check from you yet. Okay, um, let me pay you the first month and I'll get you the next check the next week. Okay, no problem. No problem. We'll, we'll, we'll accept that. Sent them the first check. Checks went clear. Then, then, then all of a because I kept collecting, as I kept collecting and trying to backtrack. Mm-hmm. So I was out of their debt within ninety days. Wow! And from that point in time, it just kept growing, 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 growing. Um, but of course, with no clear plan, and uh, the business is controlling me, I'm not controlling it. Eventually, what happens is like everything: you get you get overstressed, mm-hmm. annoyed. And uh, now I'm growing, I'm growing. I got up to 23 employees at that point. Mm. And uh, I hit that magic mark. I was doing 10, not 10, eight figures a year. And not bad. Right. But, uh, I'm angry. Yeah. Right. Just from the stress and stuff. Um, you know, like right today, these uh, stupid iPhones, you know, they cost about uh, like two grand. But back then we had Blackberries. And they were $3.99. And where I'm going with this is I used to have such a temper that I paid the phone company that year about, um, I would say about uh, $60,000 between uh, 
you know, the phone lines, 23 phone lines, which wasn't a lot because back then they were only $40 a month. Um, so times 10, that's, so, we'll say 12,000 was about the phone lines. The remaining 50 grand was because I kept smashing the uh, uh, Blackberry into pieces from my temper. Oh, goodness. So imagine how, you know, how, you know, living that kind of stress. Yeah. Yeah. So I, anyways, I eventually learned to control it, but got to the point that people would complain and I could, and I, I had trouble deciphering the ones that were having conversation because i've never seen this before where there are people who call not realizing you're busy but they're on the phone with you shooting the crap and it sounds like they're whining you know like they're they're, they're conversing but it sounds like they're complaining and i'm trying to figure out what are you complaining about mm-hmm. right and I, I didn't understand it and like so i'm getting agitated because i'm too busy and they don't know they're just conversing trying to build that relationship Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, how do I help them? How do I fix the problem? So I was a problem solver. I was a problem fixer. So I'm trying to fix a problem that doesn't exist. Mm. And that's keeping me, uh, that's fueling me up in anger. So then somebody else calls up and you know, it's a scam. They made a mistake and they don't want to pay. So they're trying to blame you. So now that's a real scam. So now you're pissed off with them too. And then what happens? You got the real complaint where it's a real problem. At that point in time, I'm so angry. I'm telling everybody where to go, how to get there, and how fast they should go. And I realized at that point in time, I lost love for that business. Mm. Right? And I said, if I kept going on that role, I'll either set myself up for a heart attack, or I will told so many people where to go and how to get there, I wouldn't have customers left. Right. So I said, I, I, and I, said, I need it out. And uh, I went on a temper tantrum with one of my suppliers, believe it or not. And unknowing that he was looking or interested, I went off on a temper tantrum and he ended up making an offer I couldn't resist. And that's how I got out. Oh, wow. Right. I think I sold probably sold a year too late early, but better than a year too late. Yep. So energetically, you were done. Right. Yeah. yeah, And so, I mean, in a year or two, you could have totally burnt it back down to the ground. Right. So universe has got you back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And keep in mind, I did not know back then what a vacation was. Mm. I took zero time off. Right. I went around the clock constantly. I would answer my phone at 3 a.m. So that was another important lesson is boundaries. how I learned my boundaries. The problem wasn't the business. The problem was that I set no boundaries and then I ended up pushing myself to the brink and didn't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. I mean, you know, and you hear that people are like, oh, what is the work-life balance and so on and so forth. It's what you said. There really is a work-life balance. Like, I think you're right. I think it's boundaries and going, this is the quality of life that I choose to have. Right. And what is actually lighting me up right now? And in that instance, that was no longer lighting you up. That was no longer getting you excited about where you were doing, what you were doing and where you were wanting to go. So you sold the business. I did. And now you're like, well, now I've got vacation time or to do whatever it is I want to. Like what space opened up for you? And um, what did you do next? Well, ironically, remember I had that passion for radio, right? Yeah. So I decided to open up an online radio. And it was not just a radio, like audio. But what I did is uh, we have something here called, like 
what was I going to say? It's almost like an online directory, a directory event thing where it's like, uh, you can go there and find out everything that's happening in the city of Toronto and surrounding areas at the time. Also, I was able to have the audio channel. So you can go there to listen to music. You can go there to read up on events. You could buy tickets to some events. You could, uh, you know, as well as you can, uh, what else was there? You can read up certain articles, almost like it was like a whole information media site. Mm-hmm. It was great. And then I took the way, you know, how typical radio stations are able to go live on location mm-hmm. and uh, be able to broadcast live from that uh, place. I was able to do that too. So on uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, you were able to, uh, if you were going to the nightclub, but you want to hear the music while you were getting ready, because, you know, they start early and most people don't go there at 1130. Yeah. You can just use your BlackBerry or your computer and play my station through that. Mm-hmm. And then you can listen to it while you're getting ready. And then if you have, uh, at the time, we didn't have Bluetooth in the car, but uh, we had those, you know, plugs. Mm-hmm. And then you can plug your uh, BlackBerry into the car. Now I realize I'm limited because we didn't have Apples back then. And, uh, and you know, all that stuff is not as popular, but people knew how to do it. And there was a number of people that did. They would, you know, and a number of people had Blackberries because they were very popular. So they would use their BlackBerry, log on, listen to it, and uh, drive all the way to the club. When they get to the club, turn it off, walk in, and they can enjoy the rest of their night. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Then my parents got sick. Mm. Right. So my mom got had Alzheimer's and it got to the point that uh, she went to a home. It uh, she would just wander off. We'd wake up and have no idea where she went. Um, so, um, you know, postman would come. She used to be friendly with him. You know, hey, how's it going? Whatever. Talk. Anybody that came by the house, she was nice and polite. Now, all of a sudden, she's chasing him with a broom. Oh, wow. So it was like, you know what? It's, um, it, you know, we, we couldn't do anything about it. It was beyond what we could handle. So she went into a home and then uh, my dad got sick just shortly after a little, like he was all right for a bit. So I stayed home with him. So I actually stopped working. That was one of the businesses I had to close, not because it wasn't working, but there was no way for me to uh, be able to uh, handle all this. And uh, I tried just paying people to do everything, Mm -hmm. but it went from a net profit to a net loss. Mm. When I say a loss, I'm not talking about a thousand bucks. Like that first year that I tried to uh, to keep it going, I, I think I lost almost forty thousand bucks. Mm. So uh, at that point in time, I said, "Okay, I, if I knew it was like just a six more months or something, I might have kept it going and kept a loss." But I was out indefinitely, so I thought, "How, how much am I going to lose before I realize I'm done?" Right. So I uh, I cut the cord, and at that point in time, then my dad went into home shortly after that. He went to join my mom, so they went to the same home. And I had to decide what I wanted to do. And at that point in time, I said, you know, parents were landlords. I've been around real estate my whole life. I used to go to open houses for the fun of it, having no idea why real estate agents did it. Um, I thought it was to show the home. So me coming to look at the home, that should be a great joy. No, they're doing it for leads. You know, I had nothing to do with the home, contrary to most people's belief. Um, But I did not know that. And uh, so, you know, I guess I probably annoyed them more than... uh, (laughs) <laughs> delighted them but <laughs> anyways uh i thought since i'm doing this already for free why don't i get my realtor's license and i can earn an income doing this and uh well, that's precisely what i did so i got my license it uh, went completely the opposite of what i expected it to be mm-hmm. and uh here i am eight years later and uh finally building it into the thought 
and hope that I was trying to from the beginning, but with a lot of learning lessons and a lot of uh, kicks in the faces. Like yeah. I just I'll get my license. Everyone's going to use me just because I'm John. <laughs> and yeah, it doesn't work that way. I, I think, uh, and, I, and I got diluted in the beginning because when I got my license within the first 30 days, I made a sale. Didn't account the fact that the sale was my brother. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know what I mean? For me, I just thought it was that easy. Uh-huh. And yeah, then when you go seven months with nothing, then you realize, oh, it's not that easy. So I was going to work hard and I worked hard and I worked so hard that I, in 18 months, I went through 4,200 homes. I showed 4,200 homes. Wow. That sounds like I made a lot of sales, right? Well, 4,200 homes, two people bought the rest. Well, I basically became a tour guide. And, uh, and that's when I realized things had to change. So that's when I took systems, uh, more serious. I built a proper CRM, didn't just, uh, mm. pray, you know what I mean? Like, it, and I really started throwing stuff at the wall, seeing if it sticks. Exactly. Then I started to listen to mentors and I started to, uh, you know, really learn my environment and, uh, build on that. And that's when I, uh, also got a coach and I began to, uh, build up my, uh, my podcast as well. I started, uh, you know, doing all the fundamentals and, uh, and, and then I started building business, you know, little by little and, uh, recently added a, an added service, which is mortgage license. So now I can, uh, not only help a person find a home, sell a home, but I also can help them with the financing, which yes. uh, is the reason why I'm creating my investment firm as well. Paponi capital, which is giving people the ability to uh, invest in real estate, if they can't get into the real estate market themselves, like right now, just say somebody has 40 grand and they want to uh, invest it in real estate, but they can't get the mortgage because whatever prices of homes today are nuts or they can't, uh, or they don't have the credit to do that or whatever reason, or they're over leveraged themselves. They have enough properties and they just can't get another loan or they don't even want the headaches of a rental. They just want passive income. Well, the opportunity here is you can invest with me through Papaloni Capital. You have the option. We can uh, invest in projects like a multi-family project that I'll pick up, or you can, uh, you know, invest in my company, like invest with me for private equity loans, where sometimes people need short-term loans and they pay fairly well. They're like 12% in, uh, interest and, uh, you know, and they're like a year term or whatever. And then, you know, so there's opportunities there. So there's many opportunities to invest where you can use your income as a passive income. The uh, burden of the management comes under my company. So you just basically open up your mail every 90 days and find your, uh, you know, your check in the mail. And yeah. uh, at the end of the term, you have a choice to renew or get it back. So, John, this has been like a great vision and like of your journey. You yes. know, like all the lessons and the ups and the downs that you've gone through to get you to where you are today. So now you've got the systems and you've got the marketing, you've got the sales and everything has led up to this point where you are now to then build, you know, uh, an even bigger, better business and supporting more people. So I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Um, I would love, I mean, sadly, we have to start wrapping up. But I would love for you to share with us, um, you mentioned that you've got, you know, a podcast, but how can people stay in touch with you? Do you have a website link or social media is the best way to connect with you if they want to learn some more? Absolutely. You can uh, 
My social media link is uh, basically my name, John Papaloni, J-O-H-N-P-A-P-A-L-O-N-I. That's on Instagram. Or you can go to my website, either at johnpapaloni.com or papalonicapital.com. Either of them will take you to my uh, contact. Beautiful. I appreciate that. And what I do love to kind of wrap up um, all of our podcasts with is with everything that you've done in all of your, your past and where you're going what would you say is a key takeaway or memorable note that you would like to leave our audience with today? Oh, that's going to be an easy one. If you're doing something for cash and then cash is your only outcome, stop doing it. Do something else. If you're doing something through passion, then perseverance and consistency, as well as your ability to keep an open mind to learn new things will you know, lead you to the door and path that you need to get to where you want to go. Beautiful. Thank you, John. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I want to thank everybody for joining us on another episode of Creating Powerful Impact. I'm excited for you to take all of these lessons and these ahas from John, all the resources that you learned and start implementing and creating even more impact in your own world. Until next time, have an outstanding rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening to the Creating Powerful Impact podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, author, or thought leader who would like to be on this program, simply visit creatingpowerfulimpact.com forward slash guest. If you are someone who got something out of this interview, would you please do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your socials. Also, if you know somebody that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag creating powerful impact. I love seeing all of your posts and great guest selections. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any episodes. Go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they really mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more about us? Head on over to our website, graceandeaseproductions.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Just look for Grace and Ease Productions on your favorite platform. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.